0: accrediting excellence the international authority for professional coaching and mentoring proudly presents both sides of the coin
1: several years ago i was leading a weekend retreat with five people ages ranging from 17 to 70 years As we got chatting over lunch, it came out in conversation that three of the people around the table had attempted suicide. The turning conversation was unprompted and unexpected. Content of the weekend had nothing to do with mental health, and I felt unprepared. So let me ask you a question. As a coach, how aware are you of some of the signs that a client may be considering self-harm? And do you know what to ask? and what not to say. Today we get some useful insight and top tips. Welcome to Both Sides of the Coin, a podcast produced by the IAPC and M. We're a leading accreditation body and our aim is to increase public confidence and to raise industry standards by enforcing a rigorous accreditation process that ensures the quality of professional coaches and mentors. The podcast is aptly named Both Sides of the Coin because we talk to both a coach or mentor and one of their clients to explore both sides of the coaching mentoring intervention, what works and what doesn't. As the proverb says, iron sharpens iron. Before we get started, let me introduce myself. I'm Jenny Butter, your host and accredited master coach. And I've been coaching for 10 years, many in the area of career transition and life coaching. Joining me today are Dr. Michael J. Marks and Coach Donna Lee Barber. Michael is an ICF professional certified coach specializing in business coaching and corporate consultation. He has served as the leader of the ICF Global Community of Practice on Ethics and is the author of Ethics and Risk Management for Christian Coaches, and he and his team have founded a nonprofit called Coaching Suicide Awareness. Donna Lee Barber has trained under Michael. And her professional life has been grounded in family, health, public health and health promotion. She's lived, worked and studied across the globe. And 10 years ago, she became a life coach specialising as an ADHD coach. Welcome, both of you. I'm going to start with Michael and then flip over the coin and speak to Donna Lee. Michael, tell me about yourself.
0: Well, thank you, Jenny. Uh, so I'm excited to be here. Here, I'm an executive coach, a business coach, a life coach. Uh, I basically help people move forward in whatever process they need. That means I'm also a process consultant. Um, People find it interesting that I have 21 dogs and that my wife runs a dog sledding operation for tourists and I'm also a ski instructor so I do a lot of dog sledding and playing around in the snow and I'm very excited today because we're expecting about 10 centimeters of snow this evening.
1: Wow that's on my bucket list um dog sledding that sounds really really exciting so how did you become involved in suicide prevention?
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, I uh, was the leader of the ICF community of practice on ethics. And so I was responsible for uh, delivering content to the community in the form of webinars and seminars. And I attended myself a um, webinar where the person said that coaching saved her life from suicide. And I became curious on the topic and realized that the training that we do for new coaches uh, we often tell them, you know, if the client says suicide, well, you have to do something. But we never tell, told them what to do. Uh, so I put together a um, presentation in 2017. Actually, it was in April. So it was about, you know, exactly five years ago. And then um, that became a presentation that we exported around the world. You know, we give the presentation mostly via Zoom, uh, sometimes face-to-face. Um, when I say we, then the team, including Donnelly, have joined together to make the ideas available on what you said in your introduction. Oh my goodness, what do I say when someone says that they're suicidal? How do I make this conversation go well?
1: What is the correct terminology for us to use?
0: Well, uh, the word suicide is okay. The word you know, um, self-murder um, is not so great in, in English because, you know, it connotes that the person is evil. Uh, selbstmord, which is the same word in German, is, is okay. So it kind of depends on the culture here. Um, suicide can be used as a verb. You know, Frank suicided yesterday would be a correct sentence. Uh, mostly the word that we want to avoid these days is commit because we also use that word "commit" for commit a crime or commit a sin, and we don't look at suicide as either. Um, part of the strange vocabulary in our lingo is if somebody actually dies, they say we say they're successful or unsuccessful if they didn't die. So that's kind of strange here, um, you know, and we often use the word like I said complete suicide when we refer to statistics you know um, there's a 13 out of 100,000 rate of completions.
1: So as coaches when we work with clients who we suspect may be having suicidal thoughts what process should we follow?
0: Really great question because the first thing that happens when you sense that there might be suicide is to ask the question um and you can you know ask a very poor question like you're not thinking of killing yourself are you and you know if you ask it in that negative way it's likely the person will say oh no 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 i'm just you know going through a hard time Uh, so the good way to approach it is what is your perspective and we like to you know, dive into, are you thinking about suicide? Tell me about it. Um, and then have the person open up and talk as much as possible. Research shows and our experience also shows that when you talk and they openly and vulnerably communicate where they're at, the longer you talk, the less likely they are to complete the suicide. So really uh, the key to a good suicide intervention is just listening. And you know, coaches are trained to listen so they become excellent interventionists. And we just need to you know, add a few things to the conversation so that they can ultimately get referred to the best help possible for their situation. But listening is the key.
1: So please, can you give us some other key questions that we can ask?
0: Yeah. So the, the leading question is, um, are you thinking about suicide? I like a yes or a no question because it's easy for the person to answer. We're not talking about, you know, coaching exploration here. Uh, we're talking about assessing: is there a risk right now? Um, so have you been contemplating death? Uh, maybe a little bit more, you know, abstract, but getting the person to go in that direction. A lot of times there's this hopelessness coming out of the conversation, and you might respond with a question, what do you mean when you say that you wish it were all over or you wish it would all end. Um, Have you been considering uh, killing yourself and, like I said, not a good question is you're not thinking of hurting yourself. Uh, that's you know kind of odd because people would say oh I just want to kill myself, I would never hurt myself and. Never really sure what the logic is when people say that, but it, it often comes forward that way.
1: And so, which other questions are not appropriate for us to ask?
0: Well, um, it is not appropriate to uh, really just go into um, a therapeutic mode beyond just talking about it. In other words, if you started, uh, Speculating on what mental conditions they have, you've you know crossed the line into therapy, and maybe you're you're qualified to to actually do that. You know, I'm sure that there's people listening here that are qualified counselors and therapists, but basically, um, you don't ask questions like, you know, since you failed in the past, what do you think will make you successful this time? You know, that type of thing that would actually encourage them to um, become better at the attempt.
1: And Michael, when we do our coaching training, we're always told that coaching is active, that it should end with action points to move the people that we work with forward. So what is appropriate in this situation? What steps should we be encouraging our client to take at the end of the coaching session, which are positive and helpful to them at this point in their lives?
0: Right. You just used the word help. So we've uh, worked that down to an acronym you know seek help from home employer uh, local services and professional you know home your family and friends fellowship groups your employer uh, they might have a employee assistance program Uh, your co-workers you know might be able to listen to you your boss might be able to give you time off And you don't really need to reveal very much just say you know i'm really going through a hard time, and it would be really great if I could have a couple days off Uh, local services churches clubs self help groups, a lot of people that are in this type of pain. um, Need a specific type of group to support them. And of course professionals um, doctors mental health professionals, there are also many call-in lines uh, that you can call in. I know uh, there are a dozen different numbers in, in just England alone. So you'd have to pretty much um, have those things on the ready if you really want to help someone so that you can make sure that they you know, have that number in front of them when they go into a dark place.
1: And Michael, what follow-up is appropriate for us to take as a coach if we have a client who is talking about suicidal thoughts?
0: Uh, This next 77 hours, I like to remember it in sevens um, are are relatively crucial, basically three days. So I just remember it for myself, Uh, you know, check back with them the same day in seven hours, you know, the next morning or the next evening in 17 hours and 36 hours, you know, and, and, you know, two and a half days, 77 hours, and three days, just how are you doing, just checking on them. Um, If you've come up with an action plan, like we just talked about, to see a therapist or to actually do something to eliminate the risk and increase the wellness, then follow up and, you know, make sure that they are having all the resources that they need or getting access to who they need to talk to and how they need to get help.
1: Thank you. And then um, if the person doesn't respond, what should our step be then?
0: Well, um, you know, here, of course, is a confidentiality line here. If you're of the opinion that the person is at high risk, then it might just be better to cross the ethical line and contact someone close to them and saying you know hey your daughter or your mother or you know the person close to you is having a hard time i'm a little concerned about her. please check on them. Um, you know if it comes to the point where you really think that the person is at very high risk, then you should call emergency services. Um, and hopefully those you know response personnel will be trained in um you know the negotiation process of talking someone out of of taking their life but uh either way uh, getting a quick response will save the person's life if the risk is imminent you know i know of situations where Um, people say, I have a gun and I'm going to use it. And what you say next is going to determine whether I pull the trigger. And that's pretty scary. So, you know, you kind of need to have thought through that, um, for yourself. And that particular case, the coach that gave me that example, uh, she just breathed real deep and, you know, said (laughs) to the cosmos, help me. And uh, she uh, said to this particular person, I thought it was very, very intuitive. She said, something, call, something caused you to call me before you pulled the trigger. What was that? And that ensued a conversation, which later, you know, led to the person actually seeking therapeutic help.
1: So, Michael, you have set up a not-for-profit and you run um, training for us to learn more about how to be aware of this within a coaching situation. Tell me more about that, please, and where we can find out more information.
0: CoachingSuicideAwareness.com, CoachingSuicideAwareness, one word, .com is our website. Uh, we do an annual uh, webinar, which we'd love to have you sign up for on Global Suicide Prevention Day, which is always September 10th. And we will do so again this year. Um, we are always inviting world um, speakers from different cultures and different topics. Um, And more than anything else, we believe that a regular exposure to suicide training we offer in our group a monthly training session on the third Thursday, and I'd be happy to um, connect anyone with that. Uh, email is probably the easiest for us. That's info at coaching dot com.
1: Thank you so much for your expert insight and tips today. I'm going to flip over the coin now and speak to Donnelly. Lee. Donnelly, Lee, tell me about yourself.
2: So my professional life has been grounded in family health. I think you already said that, and um, I I really became. A life coach when I was working in Singapore and at that point it was coaching was new to me and then as I moved on and moved forward um, I began to notice that my clients actually were showing up with symptoms of ADHD and that's when I decided to specialize as an ADHD coach I was actually sensitized to suicide. I, I'm I'm moving a little bit forward here. Um, I was actually sensitized to suicide when my niece, at 13, made a serious attempt on her life, and her friends were at, at school were cyber bullying her. And fast forwarding six years after that, at the age of 13, our daughter was diagnosed with. ADHD inattentive. And so that began my 20 year journey, supporting adults and parents with children who had ADHD. And that all rolls into play where I'm consciously aware, always, that children, teens and adults with ADHD are at elevated risk of suicide, strikingly higher five times higher than those without ADHD. So three years ago, when I heard Michael speak about suicide and how coaches are in a prime place to intervene should their client mention suicide, that's when I joined his team. And it was all based upon my experience with people who have ADHD.
1: Thank you for sharing that story with us. If you are a coach who has never been in a position where you have felt the need to ask these questions before, how can it feel when you first ask it to know that actually it is the right thing to do? Well,
2: it's a very good question. You, You actually have to be very non judgmental. You have to be very clear with what you just heard. And it always goes back to repeating um, the question. Can you repeat that? Please tell me what you just said. And not assuming they may just dive in and say, I'm, I'm really not happy, I can't do this anymore. And you have to be wide open and listening and asking those questions. Um, one of my clients showed up with a story that was actually delusional, just out of the blue for me. And that was difficult. So. I ask these questions every single time when something comes up.
1: And please, could you give us an insight into the types of responses we might expect just so we can prepare ourselves where to go with it or what to say, depending on the different responses that people have when we first ask that question? Are you having suicidal thoughts?
2: Sometimes it would not be a suicide issue so I would possibly say please don't be very offended this is something that I do and I would like to know more about what what you're saying.
1: Thank you that's some really good advice. From your experience what do you think is the one thing that we as coaches need to know or learn
2: Really, to be open, to be non-judgmental, not make assumptions, and don't be afraid. You will be afraid, but don't be afraid to be afraid. And when you are really um, trying to determine what your next steps, are as in Mike, michael's example she the the woman who who took her deep breath that would be the biggest thing you can do and use your intuition to move move that your client forward in terms of giving them the opportunity and that to hear that you're going to say I you can't ignore what they say. you have to keep them talking you're glad that they came to you today imagining what they would have done if they hadn't or they hadn't called you
1: thank you Donnelly is there anything final any piece of advice or wisdom or insight that you would like to share with us today?
2: One of the things that I do, which has helped me, is I've actually made it a point to connect with them in my intake and ask for their next of kin uh, details, just this t- a telephone number. And in three Three specific situations that was very helpful for me to track my client to in in terms of getting help for them, and um, an, another one in terms of finding the therapist who would be able to uh, also help them. Reaching out when you've got a client on the phone is really. Um, hard to do and so what I what I what I suggest to everyone is that they're very vulnerable and listening is we 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 need to listen and keep them talking
1: thank you so much for sharing your insight and stories and knowledge with us today Donna Lee and Michael and if you want to find out more then you can go to SuicideAwareness.com. We're confident that anyone who attains an international authority for professional coaching and mentoring accreditation will be among the very best that the profession has to offer. So if you're someone who's interested in having some coaching and mentoring and want to find an accredited coach, mentor or training provider, or if you're a professional coach who's interested in becoming accredited, then please go to our website coach-accreditation.services. And finally, if there's a topic that you would like me to cover on future episodes of Both Sides of the Coin, then I would love to hear from you. My email, jenny.podcast at coach-accreditation.services. Bye for now.